from the guys who watched Green Book, Hidden Figures, and 12 Years a Slave comes a play that is fucking funny. Winner of the New York Theater Festival's Best Actor and Best Script Awards. Mel Brooks once said Blazing Saddles couldn't be made today, but that's because he hasn't seen Race, the movie, the play. Tickets on sale now. Hello and welcome to the Oh Dear Podcast. My name is Christian Duran, Senior Vice President of the Oh Dear Podcast, Oh Dear Nation, Oh Dear Limited, Oh Dear Weekly, and awesome series there in Fort Which with me as always on the one podcast where we talk about the things that will make your mother clutch your pearls and yell, Oh Dear, are my co-hosts Nick Whitmer and Brett Rabel. Yeah, yeah guess what? Dude. The boys are back in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Dude, oh my that, god. Me and Brad did not plan that by the way. That's so we funny. Did. We didn't. I literally as Christian was talking, I was just looking up the boys are back in town on my phone. And right when Whitmer said that, I was like, This is why we're co-hosts together on this podcast. That's so funny. Anyway, thanks oh, guys. Man. That's it for us. We'll see yep. you in uh, two we more peaked. months. We picked three seconds in. What a great I'm on come on. The boys that that song. I don't know why that song is almost eternally funny to me. <laughs> I I don't know why. I think it has such cultural, not like bad. It just has so much cultural. I don't want to say weight because that makes it sound like it's like a really important yeah. piece of art. But I, I just, there's so much cultural association I have with it. I think it's because it's been like used in many movies. I think the reason that song is so funny too is it used to be in Brett Favre levi jeans commercials oh boy and it just feels like the ultimate like dudes being dudes song yeah. by the way that was wrangler jeans brett Favre would never wear levi's come oh on, fuck dude <laughs> you can't dude. buy levi's at walmart bro come on <laughs> my bad i guess i'm not actually a boy I guess is, I'm that, <laughs> is that steely dan or something who is that again that's lizzie Thin Lizzy, wow. guys. They're all the same. All those bands are the same. Your camera fell on your junk, Christian. <laughs> like, good guy, we're not in a Jeffrey Tubin situation here. <laughs> you know, Thin Lizzy might be, if I'm not mistaken, a case of unexpected. I like, I like this thing. It's called like unexpected black singer. Oh wow. Um, Oh really? Yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken, wow, wow. it is a ca- case of a uh, yeah. unexpected black frontman. Wow. Yeah, he looks like, well, he's like uh, he's he's very uh, light skinned but yeah, he's definitely he looks wow. like that. So boys um, is spelled with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if he was white, it'd be thin L I S S Y. No, he's black man. He's got an afro. He's wow, good for him. Good for him. Well, shout out like, to that guy. He he kind of has like a prince look. 
Got it. Mm. Got it. Prince probably stole from them. Um, yeah, exactly. And then I see him in like suits and stuff. Oh wow, good for good for black singers. Where's his thing in Black History Month, man? Right. I, exactly. It's not fair. Uh huh. It's because he makes very white sounding music. Well, they're Irish. <laughs> Thin Lizzy are an Irish hard rock band formed in Dublin in 1969. Oh wow! What in no. 1969 in Dublin? That's He's Irish. True. That's not. That's not true. Phil Lynott. <laughs> that's not I, true. Christian's lying. Oh, he died in 1986. That's why nobody talks about him. Oh shit! No, he what? He should, he's, no, he's, he's 27. He should be fucking Hendrix then. Like, why aren't they talking about the lead singer of Thin Lizzy that died? Yeah, in 1986, heroin addiction. Oh my wow. god, this guy! This guy should be way bigger than he was. For a black fart man of a 80s. 70s rock band dies in 1986 of a heroin overdose. He should be like fucking Hendrix, man. We should know this guy. We don't even know his name. What's his name? Uh, Phil Phil Linet. Uh, oh, that's L- why his name is kind of garbage. It's, yeah, it is, it's, it's <laughs> Phil Linet. L Y L Y N O T T Linet. Linet. Phil Linet. Linet. Yeah, he sounds like the guy who like works next to you at the cubicle, like. Yeah. Oh, that's Phil Linnett, I think, isn't it? I don't know. He's weird. He listens to NPR too loudly. He's always playing Snake on his laptop. That's really funny. He listens to NPR too loudly. Like, you know how those guys, like, listen to their music on the train? <laughs> it's just very gross. We get it, Phil. Some dude You're just on the subway. This is Ira Glass. <laughs> Bopping his head yeah. to him talking about, I don't know, fucking whale reproduction or something. Yeah. Anyway, go. Uh, we, we before we got on, Whitmer was talking about one thing that was hilarious. Uh, so start start up again. I don't know exactly where this came from. but So we were saying- talking about like uh, calling customer service or whatever. And like Christian was like, I just want to ask the person, like, would you pay this amount of money? Like not – I know you represent the company, but just man to man. Would you – is this okay with you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, would you, yeah. if you were me, would you pay this bill? Does this sound and, like a reasonable amount of money? Yeah. Does this sound like a reasonable amount of money to you? Like we were talking about like gas bills and how expensive they are and stuff. And um, so my wife, Sarah had this thing where she just started seeing a new doctor and the doctor, she did like two visits and then the doctor literally like sent her a Venmo request basically. <laughs> it was like, we only take Venmo. <laughs> And Sarah's like, what? And the doctor even specifically said, make sure it's a person-to-person Venmo, not a services Venmo. Because Because they take a cut. Because they take – there's a cut, right? So I was like, what the – so she called the insurance company. And she goes, hey, so I saw this doctor. It's in network. And they told me I could only pay with Venmo. And then the insurance company, the the representative was like, well, listen, I can't speak to what the doctor's doing. But personally, as a person – like, this is a red flag. <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't go to the doctor because that's weird. <laughs> so, yeah. like, that's just such a weird thing to be, like, Venmo requesting your patients as a doctor. Like, it's weird because, yeah. like, it depends on the variation of a doctor because I had a therapist for a while that you could pay via Venmo. And that makes sense, I guess. I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's just a dude. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like. But like, if you write a practice like a medicine, like, you know, like, that just seems so odd to me that you only take venmo like no <laughs> like, i mean they'd be like cash it, only <laughs> you know what i mean like, it is 
very al- i mean what the doctor's like yo you can only play me in dogecoin so like, <laughs> just whatever that is bizarre i mean dude yeah it's not like a it's so weird that that's like of all occupations that is the <laughs> that is like the single worst for venmo charges this yeah. isn't a guy who ran an errand yeah this isn't like someone even who's in production it's like medical professionals that that like tells you so much about the healthcare industry right that like this doctor is trying to skirt whatever regulatory yeah. I mean, just he's just trying to basically keep the money and keep it off his taxes. That's all. That's probably all it is. But it's fucking weird and not okay. Anything that's what that, I, oh, sorry, anything no. that like a a medical professional does that's like that just lessens their their credibility. Like anything financially makes you question their like medical expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, especially the insistent on make sure it's person to person. Yeah, I, it's just like I said like, this. Is- I, I might have said this before, but I had a I went to a podiatrist who like only took cash. I yeah. Like, yeah, he would t- only take cards, but he was like, he wouldn't take insurance unless you were over your deductible. I didn't understand what that was all about. But right. then like I, I Googled him and he was like uh, arrested. This is documented for gambling. Ch- he was running a gambling ring, like a two million dollar gambling ring. And oh I was like, God. oh, he, you know, I'm sure they just garnish his wages and he doesn't want right. to show him up. <laughs> Didn't you say that in the back of his office he had, did you want to tell that? Shoes upon boxes and bo- like a like, wall. Like Jordans. Jordans and stuff. <laughs> he was like either selling or making. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's like he's taking uh, a payment. And he's like, listen, I accept cash or Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> I can flip those Jordans on the street. So, you know. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny, man. So good. Hold on. That is so good. I mean, yeah, medical professionals are like any, like, I'm just picturing, what did the guy look like? I want to ask Sarah that. It's like, did he, I'm just picturing him. Well, you guys are so sexist. It's actually a woman. I mean, women can have won their own practice. (laughs) Even. That's oh, a new crazy oh, shut oh, up, dude. Oh, no yeah, way. Brett, fuck, dude. You got women in your family who are doctors. What? Come on, dude. You're yeah, but like, they're not actually. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, all my sisters take Venmo, actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> Todd, what's up, dude? Hold on. He's muted. Okay. Um, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Todd is muted. Okay, I think How I about that. Am I still there you go. You're there, yeah, buddy. Like What's up? In, I feel like I'm back in 2020. Can't figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Welcome back yeah. to the Oh Dear Podcast. Our, yeah. our uh, friend of the show, Todd Portnowitz. An additional so, uh, boy is now back in town. <laughs> yes, he is. I've been I've been missing the Oh Dear Nation with my whole heart. Every week. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I gotta be honest. Podcast. We had you. I actually, yeah, I, I guess I, I am the Oh Dear Nation. I've been missing the Oh Dear podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you and my father-in-law, Dan Ashley. Dan Ashley, yeah. A yeah. lot of people have been on Suicide Watch since we've been gone. <laughs> so, like, yeah. like, it's just good to see that you made it through Oh Dear Winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough there like, for a little know. while. Man, yeah. we missed you guys. You guys have been, were, you guys have been busy as hell, in, huh? 
Yeah, why yeah, have man. we been gone? That's a good question, Christian. Yeah, what the hell's been well, going we've been, on? We've been uh, doing this play, doing a play called Race the Movie the Play. Ever heard of it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not. I think I was going to ask you guys some questions about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I saw yeah, it. I guess... Todd specifically asked me, it was like, hey, like, I want to go on the Oh Dear podcast and like interview you guys about the uh, the show. So, yeah, I yeah. Happy you know, I saw the show, I saw the second it. performance, and mm-hmm. I left and I had a ton I of questions for you. Oh, three. sorry. <laughs> I would have loved if Christian didn't tell me and Whitmer about like you wanting to ask questions about it. So it's just <laughs> Christian turns it into his own personal inside the actor yeah. studio. <laughs> He gives a long pause before answering the question. Yes, yeah, very pretentious. Mm. Yeah, I look up the air a lot. Yeah, yeah. What's your Uh, favorite curse word? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to dive in. in The most. Go go ahead. Sorry, the most pretentious. The most pretentious answer to that question is, "I don't curse." Yeah. "Ah, (laughs) Shut up. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, I definitely left with some questions. Race the movie, the play. Mm-hmm. I, I had heard it as a screenplay back in the day, and then next thing you know, it was a play. I guess by next thing, I mean two years later and lots of hard work. But yeah, <laughs> I, I left. <laughs> the first question that I left with, and probably the most important question, is uh, you know, it actually goes to Whitmer. You got what? To no, say that. what? No, wow, Whitmer, you got oh, to say the N word. As the character judge you by the color of your skin. And you know the, as another white guy, I have to know, was that the greatest high of your life? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Share that oh high my with God. the rest of us. Oh well, <laughs> funny story. So the very oh first read through we did, uh I, I was we were like kind of handing out characters because I knew I was going to play like a bunch of side characters, but it wasn't exactly determined by this point who exactly I was going to play. So Brett gave me like a few people and I look through it and I go, oh, none of my characters say the N word. That's awesome. But we're doing a read through <laughs> and then it gets to this character named White Daryl. And then Brett's like, oh, we didn't cast White Daryl. Wait, can you be White Daryl? And I go, ah, shit. Because <laughs> you know if your character's named White Daryl, you're saying the N-word. You know yeah. it. So it gets to the scene where, like, my line is like the slaves are talking and I come and I yell at them and I say, get back to work, bleep. And it gets to my line in the reading and I, like, I, I'm like, get back to work, fellas like i couldn't say it <laughs> and every like black cast member literally goes oh come on like they made fun of me and they're like dude Dumont, say it say it what the fuck dude and i'm like i'm like i'm being called a pussy for not saying the n-word by black people right now like this is the weirdest experience of my life um yeah, but it's it wasn't it wasn't that was like you know it, it, it wasn't the funnest part of the thing for me but you know, it needed to be done. So, you know, you call in the guy yeah. who will do it. And that was me. <laughs> that was, it's, no, sorry, Chris, go ahead. I, I, no, go ahead. I think you're going to make the same point. No, it's, it's a really funny flip. Uh, it was, yeah, I remember that moment where I was like, 
Wow, what a weird artistic space where someone is being made fun of for not saying the N word. Like I, I, I was just sitting back like this is hilarious. I it would have been very weird if Noah if like Whitmer, you know, is doing the self censorship, the keep working, er. And and then it's just me going, oh pussy, everyone else's bones silent. Dude, you're being a bitch, bro. Uh, it was really funny because it's all com- it's like mostly comedians. So that like that uh, that boo was a very like comic thing to do. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do appreciate Whitmer though. Whitmer and uh, you know Whitmer and uh, Ted and like everybody else was like pretty pretty cool about like not wanting to say it so like i noticed like whitmer and ted especially would just be like uh like if they had to say it they're like keep working nerves like they would really yeah. swallow it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, yeah it's not really like like it's required there is like it is required for the comedy like yeah. you do need yeah, yeah. a white character to say it at the black characters for the the jumping off point for those two black characters whole scene is that yeah. word yeah yeah sad yeah exactly so that was like in yeah yeah it was a little weird that uh whitmer was improving a lot with the word (laughs) really like it was really fun to watch like him transform and it really just took him over yeah. Even at like the bodega and stuff, like it was just like he couldn't turn Listen, it off. Listen, I'm a method actor, so I stayed in character as White Daryl for the entire month and a half. <laughs> Whitmer's just in the hospital. <laughs> All right, so now I got I got my second most important question. Following that one, and this one goes to Brett. And Brett, yeah. as one of the play's gags, you had to tap the dick of a man wearing only whitey tighties and yes. i wonder how dope was that well and was that man not terrified of getting an accidental boner because i would have been. oh my well, yeah, I, just go ahead, wanna, I just really quickly want to say to to your question you said you had to do it i don't think he had to do that whatsoever <laughs> well maybe yeah that's part of the answer maybe you just did it out of nowhere <laughs> Nowhere in the script does it say <laughs> Wyatt uh, molest this man on stage. Oh my! So that was totally improv. <laughs> that was actually yeah. improv. Yeah. <laughs> the, whole, the, the whole having that guy as David was improv. Like five yeah. minutes before it, so, so I think Blaze, one of the guys, had an idea of it and threw the guy on stage wearing that. And then Brett just was like, "Well." If you're going to put that guy in front of me, I'm grabbing his dick. I mean, come on. <laughs> I got to laugh. So then every scene, I'm like trying to grab the dude's junk. Um, yeah, they did surprise us, me and uh, Dean, who were on stage. They didn't tell us they were going to do that. Before in rehearsals, we had just said, I would pantomime look at air, you know, and say, whoa, is that the actual statue of David? And then for the show, they sent him out there and, I mean, you know how it is, Todd, when a dude's junk is touchable and you're in a power position of being able to say, no, it's for the art. You can really, there's a lot you can do there. And I mean, it was, it was like, uh, I mean, Rob joked, the Rob was the, the person who uh, impersonated the statue of David. Rob, Rob was funny. He was like, 
I'm fine with it. It's the most action I've gotten in months. So, you know. <laughs> did did really you, like Nick, choose to, choose to method act after that and uh, <laughs> just make sure you were touching that <laughs> junk all the time? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Me and Rob, we actually hooked up in the bathroom in between shows <laughs> yeah. just to like get. He turned into a real Harvey Weinstein on set. It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I was enjoying one of my uh, favorite, like, you know, friendships from doing this was with Mia Faith Hammond, who is a uh, gentrifier and hilarious. She yeah. is so really, like, a really naturally funny person. But it was really fun. Like, I, I, one thing I like about comics is you can have that friendship where you say awful shit to each other and it's like, funny to say awful shit to each other and i mean speaking of being kind of a harvey weinstein and this might not sound funny out of context but i promise you we <laughs> laughed about it many rehearsals mia would come in and i'd be i would just say something like like is that what you're wearing like is that <laughs> and I would, I would i would plant the seed i would go yeah christian told me he wants you to dress a little more scantily so <laughs> you know i mean you wear a t-shirt and jeans and i don't know just you know what i mean like just it's like do you, i don't feel like you want to be in this you know what i mean like <laughs> you're not like really the, showing the initiative you know i was uh, but, I, I was talking to me at uh, one time and uh something about like just sowing dissension among the cast just to <laughs> just to like give myself something to do just to entertain myself and i was just like just walk up to mia and be like hey mia you know ted said the weirdest thing about you but uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway i'm gonna go over here for a second i'll tell you later <laughs> yeah one of my one of the things i really really am curious about are these rehearsals at at brett's squatter home and yeah uh, <laughs> but before i get there i just want to ask you know you've got this great title race the movie the play and it's already got the built-in joke of, of race itself being a movie and then that just evolving into the play. And I, I just want to know, how, how did that work? How did this move from screenplay to play play? And why don't we have a better word for play? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it was, you know, I think, Todd, we had told you we won a big screenplay competition with the race, the movie, our, our like movie screenplay version. And that, they sent the script out, the people, the contest, it was like a legit screenwriting competition. They sent it out to a lot of people. And like, and I even, even I independently sent it to some folks. Like, for example, I hid in the Gotham Comedy Club bathroom for about 80 minutes so that I could get the script to Marlon Wayans to give to his manager. Um, <laughs> that is a true story. I wow. just fucking sat there on the toilet on my phone for uh, 80 minutes um and i do that um, every day it's like, a huge feat <laughs> <laughs> it's like Todd, just buy a ticket you have the money <laughs> i would have bought a ticket but it was sold out fyi but um the uh yeah it was just like christian and i were frustrated with like the no one like wanting to like buy it and you know a lot of comments were pretty positive about it of course not every single one but you don't want everyone to be positive and it just stemmed from like we were thinking maybe we'll do a short film version like a, a 
one scene, which would be like, oh, that'll be like our template. But then prove the concept type thing, right? And I think Christian threw out the idea of a play, and I don't know why, but it just felt most right because it was like you feel like you need the entire context of the script and story to uh, maybe have the actual comedy and I would say like the thoughtfulness of it come across um, as yeah. you know it does have some shit that can definitely be described as irreverent and um, so yeah from there it just felt right and so we uh, adapted it into a play and now we both get to say that we are playwrights which mm-hmm. is um, probably <laughs> the douchebaggiest word yeah. <laughs> um, why is it spelled w-r-i-g-h-t I don't by the know. way does anybody know. know that it's like is that an old English spelling of the word right? I mean, I've no, I've never, it's like, no, that's never used in any other context besides with playwrights. Yeah. I have, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I guess it's just because we're better than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah, so, and that, like, it just so felt right, if, plus, what, like, doing it as a play, huh? Yeah, what about, like, adapting the Oh, it's just doing itself. it as a play is, like, cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh, if, Changing the template of it was one thing, but like some of the jokes we do think don't, I mean, they work well on stage because they're strong jokes, but there are certainly some things that like we can picture like visually as like a movie cut and like, you know, from small things to bigger things. And like, um, there is like whole sequences that we took out because it just wouldn't work as a, uh, in a play or, or even for like, so we got, so we, we adapted into a play and then, uh, yeah, I guess, well, I guess we did that first, but anyway, we were, we were talking about like how we would actually functionally do this. And if we were going to do it ourselves, it wouldn't work to do some kind of big production to what we could do. So we, we took out sequences that were like, I don't think logistically we can make that work. Like there was a point in the, in the script where they go to the right side of history museum and that was just okay. all visual stuff. And it's like, you know, you, you can't have that many pieces. I, I mean, there's probably a way now that we've done yeah. it, there's, there might actually be a way to make that work. Um, yeah. But for, for that point in, in the, in the evolution of it, we were like, let's just remove that. And a lot of it was just translating certain things like um, to stage, like, uh, anything that was like a camera cut would have to be obviously changed but like then there's stuff you can play with with theater and like the sort of jankiness of doing a diy theater production so like you know spotlight jokes and lighting jokes and you know uh stagehand jokes a stagehand comes out and just hands somebody something (laughs) is can become a joke so and That's also so cool, the yeah. cutting cutting down, like Brad, um, Todd, the show that you actually went to was probably the most frenetic and like d- difficult show for us because the night before uh, we ran over time and we got like pretty much threatened to, to get the show on time or else all the rest of the shows are canceled. So oh, that wow. show is a nearly on the fly cutting. We cut like 16 minutes out of it. So, wow. um, <clears throat> so you actually got like the most probably weird show of the the run i mean i wasn't at the first show because of covid which is another stupid thing we can talk about but oh. um the there was like i think which what was it 16 minutes you guys think we cut out of the for the second show that we did we probably yeah. cut about 20 
20. Yeah. And it was like, it was crazy for us because like, and also there was a situation where the audience, like literally it's like five minutes to the start of the show and we look out and there's like four people sat in the audience and we're like, what's going on? We, we sold the show out and then Brett had to go let them all in. So it was Dude. literally a situation where they all sat down and then the play started. So there wasn't like that, like settling in like the, like yeah. there's a the thing about comedy shows um, where the audience needs to be able to sit down, settle in. There needs to be like kind of some music playing and they need to like realize that they're in a professional setting for them to be able to loosen up and have a good time. Like that second show was literally like sit the fuck down because the show's starting now. And I don't I think that like the beginning was a lot tighter and eventually we like we got them like we they started. Everybody was like laughing and enjoying the show. But it like it took a little bit, whereas the third show uh, we had the piano player uh, playing the entire time, Drew, who was awesome. And we actually, people were actually being able to sit. And like, yeah. I felt like from the get, there was a bunch of laughs. And it was like the probably our best show. I mean, I didn't do the Saturday show, the very first show, so I can't speak to that. But I felt like after the third show, I was like, that show was amazing for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I would make sense. Yeah. Our, our... Yo, go ahead, Brett. No, yeah. Our Tuesday show was our least strong. I think all of the factors. One, I think our our Sunday. cast like, Sunday show is the, the Sunday show is the second show. Tuesday show is yeah. the third show. Oh, sorry. The one you went to, Todd, was was I think our worst uh, our worst show. I think like we never quite had that perfect relationship with an audience, and yeah, I think like some of the reasons Whitmer mentioned. I mean, dude, nine minutes before the show. There was they had they 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 accidentally locked the audience out. That was so amateur, and I'm I'm I was so frustrated because I was like, it says we're sold out online. No one. So why is there four people here? Right. Like, yeah. There's yeah. no. I just was like, there's no way. Like, we have a fucking empty 75, 80 seat room, and then I just walked to the front door, and I was like, oh, you guys can come in, and they were like, oh, they told us to wait out here. And oh, I, I'm in, and it makes it less special. I mean, it's not, I'm not like, but it does deaden some of the professionalism, especially like I'm in costume and character. Yeah, literally, yeah. like one of the leads of the play is like I seating you. Like it just takes the illusion <laughs> away, you know. But that's well, because, like, savior. yeah, dude, I was the <laughs> the why. Yeah, so it's just like, and and not to mention ourselves, we were almost like cutting shit on the fly. Yeah. So we weren't yeah. as sharp, I think, in our own deliveries too. Not even just with the crowd. And there is when also the crowd isn't hot. You're just not as good usually. There is yeah. also like some stuff that we cut that we were we were just in such like not panic, but just such a frenetic like. All right, we gotta we gotta make the time work. We gotta get we gotta make the time work, which was kind of all encompassing the all encompassing goal, to the point where we cut stuff that when I, I we got the tape back and I rewatched some of it and like there's certain things that weren't even set up, so some things okay. don't even make sense. Right. So like yeah. At, yeah, at one point, at one point we were in such a hurry that I think there was a line missing about because at one point the characters go to a. a a futuristic black utopia called Kowanda. And then everybody goes Kowanda <laughs> where that was like, I think we completely missed that line. So at one point the characters are walking and then they're like, all right, here's the portal. And they haven't set up the fact 
of like what uh, the portal is, where they're going or anything. So then they just walk through this hula hoop that doesn't make sense. And then they walk back, <clears throat> walk, walk back on stage. And then all of a sudden everybody's just going Kawanda. And you're like, what the, f- I don't even understand what that means. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just, it was, you know, I, that I and also seen... the, the fact that it would took place. Uh, sorry. No, I was, was going to say, say the fact that it idea. took place in the 1850s was I think yeah. like there's a there's a joke in the very beginning of the play that says this is from the 1850s. And then like one of the first scenes is a woman on a telephone. And it's that's kind of like setting up the fact that this is like not a historically accurate. This is just like yeah. us fucking around type thing. But with that being missed, it was like the opening scene. We cut all that. So the opening scene was just her on the phone. So it was like it wasn't clear to anybody that it was the uh, okay. 1850s because the first thing you see is a woman on the telephone. So you're not thinking, oh, yeah, this is the 1850s. So like yeah, there was just yeah. certain things like that that like it was kind of unavoidable for us. But anyway, sorry, Todd, what were you going to say? <clears throat> yeah, no, no. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to move. I want to move to the thinking about organizing all this and setting up. I really want to hear about the the rehearsals at Brett's place. And I, Chris, I think were you were you directing with Brett or were you directing because Brett was acting? And how did you manage this all with a one year old child? Was <laughs> Yeah, he was like a, <laughs> he was like a, very clearly a first time director. Um, <laughs> like, sorry. <guys. laughs> I like Todd didn't even laugh. He's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. That's it, it became it was like abundantly clear, and I had a lot of conversations with everyone on the cast frequently about how fresh and new to trying his best Christian was. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I said it the other day, I was like, I think I directed this because there are two people who know the script um, better than anybody. And one of them was the lead. So it, yeah. it, it wouldn't really work. Um, I mean, the thing was, is like, I, I feel like, uh, we Brett and I were a two headed monster in this. And, uh, if anybody had any questions, they could come to either of us and probably get the same answer. So I never felt like there was any, I mean, I was the director certainly in name and, and, but I, I feel like Brett did a pretty good amount as well. And it wasn't like there wasn't any weirdness in terms of that, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I was just, uh, I would lead, lead the rehearsals for, for lack of a better term, I guess. No, Christian did a phenomenal like rallying, job. Like, it was really. Uh... How, how could you rally like ten comedians? Well, that's it was it, like is that like hurting cats? Or? You know, that's interesting. <laughs> this is actually I, funny. Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting too because like there was I remember there's one point and I don't have the loudest voice, but there's like groups of people just kind of like you know on one side of the room and like another group talking about another thing. There was like a conversation about Cosby with five comics on one side and then there's a conversation about hip hop on the other side of the room and we do need to get started and I'm like I'm kind of watching this and this is like early on I remember I was looking at Ted and Ted uh, Alexandro and Whitmer were having a conversation and they look like very engaged and laughing and stuff and I remember looking at that and I go like I know we need to start but this is also kind of important for the cast to like build a rapport and to like, you know, for the rapport of the cast and like the chemistry of, of what we're all about to do. Like, you can't just like, you got to let that happen a little bit. Like you can't just go, yeah. all right, let's get to work. Let's get to work guys. Because well, like yeah. it, it builds that kind of familial bond that like I, actually needs to happen. And I think too, like that was such an important thing too. Cause 
like just the cast coming together and getting really close and having like chemistry and stuff like that. Uh, we, I don't know. It's just so, like, it's crazy to me that like, so Ted Alexandro and Dean Edwards uh, are two comics who like, I always looked up to, I never met either of them. I always thought like, wow, one day it'd be cool to meet them or talk to them. And then all of a sudden I'm in a play with them and we're just having casual conversations. And then like they meet my daughter. Cause I had to take her to a bunch of the rehearsals because getting babysitting is really hard so you know my baby's first word might be problematic but whatever you know you do what you gotta do uh but uh it's just crazy like when i tested positive for covid like the first person called me was ted alexander he called me to be like i'm so sorry man and i was like what world am i in now like like there was a time like christian and i have the very the same story because we were both at the same club we were both at the comic strip and like we both have this kind of like moment that was really important to our development comedy we're like this like high energy comic was up and murdering and then ted came on and ted i wouldn't say he's low energy but he's very uh unique style comedian where he like he, he just goes at his own pace and it's fucking so good and i remember him getting on stage and just sending the crowd back to him and just like he kind of leaned up against the wall it felt like he didn't say a word for like four minutes but obviously yeah. it was probably like there were 20 seconds or something and then he just says like hey what's up and everybody kind of laughs and he like transitioned so well from that high energy comedian to him and he just murdered and christian and i were both like dude that was fucking masterful and he's always been one of my favorite comedians and like it was just so to me i was almost like starstruck meeting him and like it was just really cool to just have that rapport with him and just hang out and talk with him. And then we were in some scenes together too. So like building that chemistry, it was just, I, this thing was like one of the best things, the best experiences of my life, like professionally and probably, you know, otherwise too. And I don't know. I thought Christian did a great job of keeping everybody on track and letting us do a little bit of playing around too. Like I thought it was the rehearsals were really not necessarily, I don't want to say organized well because um, that makes it sound like they're like intentionally like <laughs> because they were you know what I mean <laughs> but like the the, the well no it's but like there was like room for us to like dick around a little bit and talk and stuff and then there was also like all right guys we got to get this going and I thought Christian did a good job of like keeping everybody like eyes on the prize absolutely Christian was I think one thing that was so uh, effective about the process of making this. Uh, at least the first process of making it, because we ain't done yet. You better believe that, sister. Is um, <laughs> there was no ego, really? I mean, yeah. like the like, you know, we're all comics, for, or most of us are comics, and so we don't have ego on like this script is totally precious, right? Like yeah. respect respect the script, like, but like you know, it's called play, so feel free to play around a little bit and there could be times where we would all sense like, ah, oh, joke's not really hitting or can we get a funnier joke there? Or someone would just try a tweak of a, a punchline and it would be funnier. And like, it was like, okay, that's funnier. So that's it now. Like, yeah. And that openness for people to actually play is what I think led to a better show rather than, thinking like you are actors and you execute everything now the actors yeah no the sometimes it was important to have that precision for some of the comedy but otherwise other times not as much 
the actors in the play too said because like the we we got a bunch of comedians who I was in a play before, and I think Ted said he was like a long time ago. Um, but a lot, the most of the comedians never did play acting, but we had a handful of legit play actors in the in the in this uh, ensemble too, and they said like it's so refreshing to work in a place that there's no ego and like they, they're not super precious about the line readings and like, like, like they, like Christian had a, a in mind about how it should be done, but he wasn't like my way or the highway. And if yeah. somebody did something that was legit better, like, I think it was like, yeah, let's do it. And if it wasn't, I think we all kind of just like understood where we kind of just it like naturally bombed in the room and no one had to be like, no, my way's better. It just kind of everybody kind of got the energy, and they're like, "All right, yep, yeah, yeah. that didn't work, cool." And there was there was no like uh, like I think Brett said, "There's no ego," and I think like that really made it special for the people who were probably used to operating in a more strict space, you know, for acting, you know, where it's like, "No, you need to say the line to the syllable and pronunciation that I, you know, yeah. wrote on the on the page," like. I think coming from a comedy background, it's just funny too, because stand-ups always have this reputation of not being able to play well with others, you know? Like, that's the thing that improv people, and I don't know, it's no longer really that big of a deal, but there used to be like this improv versus stand-up, you know, kind of rivalry. And like improv people would say stand-up comedians can't collaborate. And I don't know, maybe we just found the ones that could, but like, I felt like the comedians, Christian said to me, he's like, I think the comedians are even more disciplined in the riffing department than some of the actors were. And yeah. it's like, in the way that like, we all like the comedians on in the set, I felt like we're all very like collaborative and like got along and like had great suggestions. And like, it was never um, too much, you know? Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, one interesting thing is like, you mentioned people like Ted or Dean who are comics who've had like 30 plus year careers and I mean, have like their careers have reached highs that I'm like, I could only dream of. And it's just really guys like that who are, you know, they were the leaders of our cast. Um, it would like having them not have ego and be like, yeah super respectful like it's weird when ted's like do you what do you think like if you don't right. like it like we don't have to go <laughs> yeah. for it i'm like bro you've had like five or six hour specials like yeah, yeah. and then but dean it, sorry yeah. no Just go ahead on dean dean is like so gifted and so fucking funny and his character in the play is is the straight man of the play you know like oftentimes in the scenes that he's in brett is the comedy he's the one setting up brett and but there are also times where like Dean obviously is funny too, but it was such a different thing for Dean I think because he's usually the guy who you put in to be the the punchline guy because he's so funny at that. So like his suggestions got into the play, but they were very rarely him saying them. So that yeah. was even more selfless. Is like Dean was so good about making things funnier, and it wasn't even in service of him getting the laugh. It was just yeah. the scene got better. I thought D Dean was just so good, man. He's like and, just such a and fucking professional. The great thing about Dean is that like when he's playing it so straight that when he does do those little moments where Dean comes out, it fucking hits like a, like a truck because yeah. it's, it's so the, um, the contrast is just so steep that like 
it's and it works and it's so hilarious and i love uh, man i love d man when i i you know he and i would uh when the play was starting there's a trigger warning in the beginning of the play so on the first show i'm like pacing back and forth because i'm you know i'm just nervous about how it's gonna come across so then he and i are like we kind of meet each other and we uh we heard the first laugh of the show and it was kind of like being at a comedy club where you you hear the host and you're determining if the crowd's going to be good so we look at each other like oh this is going to be a good show and then the second <laughs> and then the second show we walk past each other maybe not the biggest laugh in the beginning we're like all right uh okay yeah we'll see and then the third show we did the same thing we weren't trying to do this we just happened to be there at the beginning of the show and then uh we cross each other and we heard that big big laugh in the third show we're like oh this is gonna be this is gonna be dope and that's uh, amazing no but he's it's tremendous man it's pretty cool that's a dude that like like I likened him to uh and I even mentioned Dean mentioned to me like yeah, it is. He is the person who is shouldering the story and the stakes. And like, if you don't have him, there is no comedy that can exist. And so it was, he was like genuinely, it was like, yeah, it is sometimes a tougher position to be in when you're like the one carrying the narrative rather than just being funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is not to uh, like say he doesn't have moments where he's not funny and hilarious because I mean, you can watch and see, but like, you know, it's, it kind of comes with that. Like we, he's so like, you know, secure within his place of being hilarious that he can be okay making the story happen and isn't trying to constantly I think a lesser comic or, or comedic actor might have been insecure about that and might have tried to um, not soapbox grandstand and kind of like, uh, yeah, just take over the scene. It's like doing this play was like an exercise in like how uh, it's about what you say. And then there are times where it's about what you don't say. And yeah. Because sometimes when you're on stage, if you improv or if you have something that was an improv, but now is like calcified into the screw kind of the per- performance, it like you have to be thoughtful on like, oh, am I taking away from a scene? And one right. example I would give him to give a specific example and is uh, there's a moment where it cuts to Christian and I writing. And a movie executive says, wait a minute, you don't have any female, enough female representation. And then Christian and I look uh, nervously at each other. And then we sprint off stage and then we put two women in our seats. And um, then they are reading a cue card. And the cue card that they read says, like, you have such a big penis. And it, <laughs> like, Brett, you have such a big penis. And the scene ends with. Uh, Patrice saying, I'll write us out of this in the least offensive way I can think of. And then it lights up on, uh, not to spoil a joke, but two black characters in blackface. And uh, we explain why that contextually makes sense. But I was ending the lights down on, I'll write us out of this in the least offensive way I can think of. And the lights would be going down. 
and me and Christian would do chitter chatter on like, great job, ladies. Like we love women. I voted for Hillary three times, just like shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, but it would prevent the, the actual core joke from getting a laugh because it just interrupts the flow. It's like uh, you want to connect those two ideas yeah. of, uh, in a, I'll write a status in the least offensive way, way to the thing, to the, the actual visual, yeah. to the most yep. offensive thing. But if you put in this sentence here, it kind of, it just like, it's rather than a straight line, it's now like, uh, straight, straight, oh, crooked. And then, oh, I guess back to here. It just doesn't yeah. connect to them. And so that was just like an example of like, yeah. oh, I need to not try and get a laugh because I'm stepping on a laugh at a bigger, better laugh. Um, that, that was actually a scene. I don't know. That's something I had to like, that, that was a scene I was going to ask about actually, because I thought that meta moment where you kind of zoom out of the play and all of a sudden we see the two writers kind of in real time, manipulating the actors like puppets, you know, should we delete this scene? Should we leave this scene? And meanwhile, it's a, it's a slave whipping scene. And, uh, I just I thought that was brilliant, and I wonder were those meta elements a part of the screenplay, or did that come in with the stage play? And because there was a lot of that kind of meta commentary that I thought really worked really well on the stage. That was uh, that was always in the screenplay. That was I mean that and that those things kind of come from a solve a problem solving kind of aspect. I remember we were that is literally the discussion we had the discussion in the scene we have is the discussion <laughs> we had while we were writing it about how do we get out of this scene? Cause we don't want to do like a real whipping scene. And we also like, we just don't have the time, the pages to like write, write this whole thing. The idea in the script was that they would put on blackface and there would be Franklin, the musical, uh, which is a parody of Hamilton but with an all blackface cast. So the idea was that they sneak into, they sneak into the, uh, the musical in blackface and escape that way. And everybody's nice to them because they're in blackface, assuming they're white people. So we were like, well, we can't write all that because it's way too long and the script is already too long. And so I was like, how, and then we go, how do we write that out? We came to the conclusion that we'd, we'll just write us talking about getting out of this scene. And then yeah. that, that'll be the way to get us out of it. And then there was even another gag that we removed from the stage version where we cut back to us at one point when they go to Kawanda, futuristic black utopia. And it says, we don't have the budget for all this stuff. How are we going to show it? And then I, I think either Brett and I say, say uh, um, oh, we'll just green screen it. And then it's supposed to cut back to literally characters looking at a literal green screen just like going wow this is amazing but that'll be back. that's yeah, that, a movie gag yeah right again just that visual gags, me, i but, really yeah, love but, the uh the cancel <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah those literal jokes I, that, uh, that, so good that one took a while to get to that uh that joke because i remember really thinking like we wanted, I was, the, the idea was like, oh, he gets put in a cage with a bunch of blue birds that like, kind of like pick at his skin, but it oh, just yeah. didn't, it's just not yeah. as funny. Yeah. Like it's just, it's kind of works, but it's like a little too, if you're going to be obvious, be maximum obvious. <laughs> yeah. And, and cause then it's like funny. Like yeah. if you're like wearing the obviousness 
proudly and on your sleeve, it's like, yeah, you got goddamn right. We're obvious. So it's like, yeah, that's you, when it works. That was one yeah. of those. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny because I'll hear people in the audience kind of get it when put them in the cell, the can cell, and nobody quite gets it. And then they put, you know, they put Wyatt in the can cell, and then she says, "Wyatt Savior, for your problematical telegraphs, consider yourself can celled." And then uh, you hear people in the audience go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> like uh, okay." And it's funny, and that's again one of those lines that's like, again, it's like we offered a lot of. Um, you know, there's a lot of freedom to kind of say the lines how you want or or if there's a better way to say them, do it. But that was specifically because I remember Patrice was saying, Wyatt Saver, consider yourself canceled. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's canceled. Like you, if you say canceled, it's one thing. But if you say canceled, that's that's the real joke. Like, yeah, you got to yeah. say canceled. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, but, it just 100 percent doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly, Brett, I wanted to ask because you did win Best Actor of the New York Theater. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it took, yeah. Us, took us long enough to get here. I mean, Jesus, fuck. We're asking Christian about directing. He wasn't even nominated. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, you, also won, you also won Best Script, so I'll give you that. Yeah, but, uh, I, I single-handedly won like? Best Script. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't include Christian as one of the co-writers. I haven't got my trophy yet. <laughs> what was um, what was it like memorizing the lines you had written? Was it really easy? And did that, it did was, that make you angry when other people couldn't memorize their lines? I, I just want to know about your acting experience. First off, I genuinely believe I am proud of how I did, and I was surprised that I certainly won. I wouldn't. Even, I didn't think I'd be nominated, and it's not like I'm like. Um, but I I genuinely believe I go. I don't know if I'm a good actor, but I can be good at acting shit I helped write. <laughs> Just because it's like, if you wrote it, you have the vision in your head of how it can be. And so it's just way easier to act something that you already know the words. I was pretty close to being off book out of the gate because we had spent several years with this script. So it's like, it's already in, been in my head. I've read it fucking a hundred times. And um, I also don't know. It's really fun to act in front of a live audience because it's it's like sketch comedy performing, which I have more experience in and also love. And I love acting in front of people because you're you're you letting them help dictate and inform your performance. You might hold a face longer or you, and you pace yourself. And that was something that I, I wish uh, I want everyone on our cast to be aware of is like, never talk over laughs. You are performing, not acting. You have to be loud and big. And I, I, all I know is those definitely loud and big and like, yeah, so it was just kind of, I see it more as performing than like acting, acting, because like if you were acting, you wouldn't take that long to deliver lines sometimes, but people are laughing. So it's like, it's just kind of a different beast. And um, yeah. I, I, I think that my favorite thing to perform probably was when I got the shit whipped out of me. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah, I told yeah. John, Jonathan, who is our drag queen, whose uh, drag name is V Suburbia, uh, fucking hysterical human being. 
um, he uh, before the show, I kept in rehearsals being like, but like on the show day, like really whipped the fuck out of me. And and uh, Jonathan put his hand on my shoulder and he goes, I got you. <laughs> and he did not relent. And yeah. I even told him, like, any anger you have at people who look like me mistreating you or being disrespectful <laughs> for, you know, your own self-expression, take that out on my character. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I think it's safe to say Jonathan did. It, yeah. uh, but that's like what we wanted. And that's, I think, what works best on stage is like, and it didn't hurt getting whipped. It did not hurt on stage. Either it's the adrenaline or it's just, you know, I'm really tough, but I don't know. Or it was a fake whip, but yeah, you know. It was it was a real whip. And we that whip, just funny little side joke. That whip really funny, yeah. Is uh belongs to our music man Andrew. We needed a whip in for the scene and Andrew, we were like, Where can we get a whip? And Andrew raised his hand in rehearsal and was like I mean, I have a few if you want to yeah. use one. Oh my god. It's really, we really Yeah. It's really funny because when we were we were rehearsing that or like you know, figuring it out for the first time with Jonathan, actually whipping him with the device there. Um, you know, Brett was like, oh, hit me harder. And then a, a lot of our, you know, we were asking like, how do how do you use this? And like, what's the right way to do this? And uh, it's funny, like a, a lot of the members of our LG, uh, the LGBTQ members of our cast were like, well, do it like this. And no, this is how you do it. <laughs> like they all kind of had some experience with it, which is, I just thought was very I, funny. I kept going, you people like this? Like I, <laughs> no, I didn't. Have it. But they were like, and they were, you know, he was, he was, Brett was like, hit me harder, hit me as hard as you can. And they were all like, no, 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 You don't want that. You do not want that. Oh my God. But Brett, I, I, I just want to say it on record. Brett is uh, an awesome actor and delivered yeah, suck it, dude. Well, well, eat your, yeah, dude. Eat your words now, bitch. Yo, the whole time, Todd, I never told you this. Whole time. You know me. I'm a pretty insecure fella. I'll wear that on my sleeve. And the whole time, everyone else in rehearsal, Christian, oh, that's really funny. Great choice. And by the way, it sucked because I'll be real. I felt like I was like bombing every rehearsal. <laughs> Maybe because people just had my character figured out. And so it wasn't really ever surprising. And so I remember dude being like, I am so nervous about like, I'm one of the, you know, main characters and I'm very nervous that I'm going to be one of the main characters and suck. And I, um, fortunately, I think I did a good job. And I, 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 but I felt like, I just felt like, like, man, am I even doing this? I even at one point went up to Wit, and I think I said in rehearsal, and I wasn't trying to be funny. I was like, Wit, I'm like, I'm funny, right? <laughs> Whitmer was like, bro, you helped write this thing. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I posted about it the other day, but it's like, I guess I, I, I really, truly didn't even register that he was like insecure in that way because I was just like, to me, I was just like, yeah, you got it. Like, there's no, like, what's the discussion here? Yeah, so, like, I was the same way. I was like, what? What, I, I was like almost thinking Brett was doing a bit. Because I was right. like, oh, he's so he's dude, he's got this. Like, what well, is he talking about? Right. And it was there from the beginning. And it's also like, like I was never there's some cast members where there was like certain lines that would 
constantly be like a little missing or like rough and stuff. But there was never a moment where I was like, uh, Brett's not going to have the script ready. Like it, it was just never, there was yeah. never in doubt or like never a doubt where he could do so, do anything or get something or get, it was just never, I don't know, even in the table reads, it was just always there. It was like, there was very, I, I don't remember giving him any notes. Like if I did, it was just kind of like, oh, you might want to slow this down or like put this word here. But I don't remember ever like ever having to like pull him aside and say anything other than, you know, like, and he's also shepherding a lot of it too. So it's like, so like the, a lot of the questions end up just being logistical questions about like, oh, how do we, what are we going to do tomorrow? And that, but I was never concerned about the performance ever. Well, it's like a lot of the notes were like, a lot of the notes that Christian had to make, I feel like were due to a lack of understanding of the script. You know what I mean? It's like, you're like sometimes you make a joke but then you realize like christian and brett realize that the second you make the joke that if we do this joke it fucks up us 11 pages later so like brett knew that because he co-wrote this so like that was another part of brett not needing as much direction is like he always knew the logic of the story oh yeah you know whereas yeah. sometimes you'd add a joke and you'd be like oh but then that would fuck up that other joke we have later on if you say it you know this way so i think that's another reason why brett didn't need very many notes. I I would yeah. say my performance was brave, courageous, <laughs> uh, unflinching, inspiring. Um, <laughs> inspiring. Yo, I want to say this though because uh, I think it was certainly one of the highlights of the rehearsals and the show for me was Whitmer's judge character was yeah. some of the hardest. It was really yeah. fun doing rehearsals because it. Every rehearsal of Christian and I would, you know, many of them we'd recap like what was, what do you think worked? Like just sometimes even just victory lapping in terms of like, dude, that was so funny what so-and-so did. And it, it was cool. Like it was awesome when someone felt like the star of a rehearsal, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, we're yeah. like that star person. Yeah. Yeah. Like that person came in and like had us like, they were just like the one being fucking hilarious in the room. And I, I remember earlier on, I don't know if you had that judge totally down at the start with, because I, I remember you were, yeah, you at one point were like, I think I'm going to play him like Louise, like a Louisiana judge. And I was like, yeah, dude, that sounds funny. And, yeah. and like the first time or two, like you kind of went in, like you're still figuring out the voice cause you haven't like probably practiced it enough. And so it was like. It was kind of there, like you could see what it was going to become. But then there was one rehearsal where Witt came in and it was like full Louisiana, like swampy, like uh, big judge and like adding shit about me being in the suit where like he randomly like kind of hit on me, my character. (laughs) But like, it just was weird and funny. And uh I would say like, I mean, Whitmer made me break on stage where because I, I show up, the court gives me a suit and the joke is like they gave the white guy a suit and like, of course they did. So it's like he can look better than the black characters. Yeah. And Whitmer just, oh boy, look at you wearing a suit, looking fine as hell, like a crawdad glistening in the Mississippi sun. 
<laughs> and it's like none of that was in the script. Yeah. Yeah. The line that I got Brett to break was uh, I I added it on the last show because I thought of it, but I was like I'm not gonna add anything in this in the the, the, the first show that I did the second show of the play because we were cutting for time. But I said I'm about to hold myself in contempt, <laughs> and I thought that uh, I thought because Eagle Wit super funny uh, dude and really good in this also he. Um, he was always the one laughing the most in rehearsals. So I was thinking, I'm going to say, I'm going to hold myself in contempt and I'm going to like glance over and Eagle's going to break. I am like, that was my goal. I was like, I want to see Eagle break a little bit on stage. And I said it. And then Brett was the one who went like, he like tried to hide his face. And I'm like, ah, I got Brett. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Yeah. That, well, the funny thing for me about that character is that when we were doing rehearsals, that like there were so many moving parts and the blocking and stuff that like, when we started moving into the blocking sequence, we were basically like starting from the beginning of the play. So we like, we did like, it was like two weeks of rehearsal to get to the scene where the judge appears and we start blocking. So like when we did the table reads first, like I didn't have the voice down. I didn't add any jokes to it. And, but I had like two weeks, maybe three weeks to like prepare for this, uh, for this judge in rehearsals. So literally I'm driving in my car to and from rehearsals and I'm doing the lines. I'm trying to get the voice down. I'm like just improving jokes in the car. Like my daughter's literally in the back seat. Like she's, you know, nine months old at the time. And she's like looking up and going like, what the hell's going on? Like, why is he talking like this? And <laughs> so I had like, I had like a good two to three weeks to like get the character down. So on the first rehearsal where we blocked it i just went in guns blazing and i did all the jokes that i i, I wrote for it and like just kind of like did the character and i think that that if i did if we were if we didn't have that two to three weeks i don't know if i would have had enough time to really work on it like that and i don't know i just ended up working out really well and i was really and proud of it christian yeah. added one of my favorite jokes and it was like how collaboration can lead to something better and and also <laughs> like the natural place of not pushing so at the end of the story like it's a very you know silly slapstick comedy whitmer's character has a thing called the u.s government book of worths and it it says like this is all the values of uh american lives in it as determined by the u.s government and um the after like the day is saved for those listening who will see it one day the day is saved uh, Whitmer's judge returns and he says, uh, this U.S. government book of worse is now worthless. And I hereby declare from here on out that all lives matter. And everyone goes, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And Christian's like, or Whitmer's like, well, what? What did I say wrong? That's and, unbelievable. Uh, That's that joke, so it's so great. I love that joke. And that joke is like, when you know, you know, sometimes like, cause we were like, how can Whitmer reenter after the day of save for like a yeah, joke? For him that that joke off? was added like four days before. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I think I was like, I recommended one that was like, you know, f- kind of funny, which was what if he returns and says his name was judge Hugh by the color of your skin. And I was like, what if he says I'm here on out, I'm changing my name to judge Hugh by the color of your, or the content of your character. And it was like, oh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but it, I remember Chris, yeah. Christian was like, yeah, yeah. And you just, whenever you get the yeah, y- ellipses, yeah, you just implicitly I usually know it's a comic. I go, no. I go, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I go, yeah, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> if it's uh, yeah, 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 anyway. But that's that doesn't even mean it's bad. It means it's like it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. Right. Or sometimes uh, it could be. That bad. Was actually, it, I just want to real quick. Out. That was like go ahead, go. That quick, was one go. of my I think everybody's frozen. No, we're good. Uh, every, that was I'm like here, one of bro. my favorite moments of the whole rehearsal was because we were it was like me, Brett, and Wit and uh and and Ted. We we're all kind of sitting standing in a circle, like trying to figure out what the line was. And we were all just coming up and then I, I said all lives matter. And then it was just like everybody laughed and it was just like, Oh, that was the that's the line. That's the line now. Yeah. And uh it was just one of my favorite things. I don't know, just standing in a circle with comics trying to figure it out. And then uh, to get it was awesome, man. And yeah. we had like 10 moments like that the whole time. Yeah. Sorry. Ugh. I got to ask, we're running out of time here. And uh, this Sunday, you've got a table read over at the yes. Comedy Cellar with, with a lot of the cast. And I just want to ask what that's going to look like. And I also want to ask, now that you have the table read, it's race, the movie, the play, the table read. <laughs> And I wonder if it's just going to continue in iterations for the rest of time. The Substack, the podcast. Substack. And I think you should just do like 25 different versions of it. <laughs> no, but really, what's what's going on at the Comedy Cellar and, and how can people get there and what's the deal? Yes, Todd, great promotional question. If you want to see it, go to racethemovietheplay.com. That'll take you directly to the ticket link to reserve a table. There are now limited spots left. We are six days, five days away from it. And we're already at 75% capacity, which is pretty damn good for being this far out from the show. So I, I feel very confident it's going to sell out and I'm really excited to do our show, especially bigger room for more people in front of like a rock and comedy club crowd. Um, and, uh, it's just going to be fun cast. I think it is. Yeah. 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 So I think we have everybody is here. So it's going to be, it's just going to be really fun to watch our show and perform it in front of a comedy club. Like, and, and for what it's worth, the best comedy club in New York slash hell, even the world. So um, I, uh, I just think it's going to be awesome to watch our performers rock their parts out. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really fun night. I mean, like, this is the one I've been looking forward to for a really long time. I remember when we wanted to do these shows, we were talking about maybe doing the comedy cellar or a, a stand up comedy club before the shows as a like a prep. But this feels like a fun victory lap kind of deal, like where there's the pressure of like transitions and costume changes is kind of out the window, and there's it's just going to be, it's just going to be a lot more fun, I think, and fun to watch and you can drink, which will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So come on out to that. Hell yeah. It is definitely a good show. Race the movie, the play.com. Thank the you for any read. support, the table read, any support people have had. We appreciate, um, this is a show we're inviting a lot of like producers to. So, you know, if we pack it out, it's yeah. uh this is not the end of the chapter for our for our production and yeah. in fact i think it's the starting point um, and um so we could definitely use some friendly laughs if you're uh if you're available well i can say if if, if what i saw was the worst version 
people are in for a fucking treat because it was, it was amazing. <laughs> you guys did incredible work. I can't believe yeah. you pulled this off. I know it must have been insane amounts of work just rallying everybody, taking care of your kids, getting yeah. back and forth. Honestly, yeah, it's really just a fucking amazing achievement. Thanks, man. Thank thanks, you. buddy. And thanks for doing this. Yeah, Todd, that was yeah. very nice of you to come like ask funny thought questions. Yeah. That was like it was like, <laughs> Sorry, oh was- wow. Sorry, I was late. I was uh, I was in the shower oh, and then I come out. No, and I see, no, no. Oh, God. I'm, ah. so. no, I'm totally used to there your unprofessionalism. So <laughs> <laughs> well, um, guys, I think that's it for the Oh Dear podcast this week. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon, probably next week. Yes. This Anybody is uh, best actor Brett Raybould signing off. <laughs> <laughs> And I just do want to say that I do declare that all lives matter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, race the movie, the play.com and uh, get your tickets for the seller there. We'll see you on Sunday. Bye-bye. See you.